here until 10 o'clock talking a lot of football. Tom Thayer's along. I'm Zach Zaidman in for Mully and Haw this morning. All right, let's get right out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And joining us is Minnesota Vikings radio analyst Pete Bursich. You know him. He's from here. So uh, he is the, the perfect guy to talk about the new hire that's been made at Hallis Hall in Kevin Warren. But before we get to that, Pete, what happened yesterday to the Vikings? Oh, man, it was the same old defense, right? I mean, it it, it, it was just disappointing to, to see um, just up and down. I mean, you, you, you give up 266 yards in the first half of a football game. Um, and, it, and it wasn't... And I think the other thing too was it was just some of the mistakes, right? Guys uncovered. It's a lot of what we saw the first time, you know, the first time we played them, and so um, I think that's the that's that's the biggest disappointment. We went from a, you know, we're normally a five man front, three four type front. We went to a four man defensive line for the most part, um, and it really didn't affect anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? You make some changes, you do some things, and 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 it was kind of the same old, same old, but um, we didn't even get them into a third down until the second quarter. They had 14 points um, in the first quarter. Um, and we never, we never got them to a third down. So um, overall, that's the, that's like that that's the big story is, is that the offense did as, it, as well as it could. Um, it's just defensively. We, we had a hard time just slowing them down. Hey Pete, when you look at um 16 passing first downs and three rushing first downs. I mean, to me, Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the National Football League. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's a good quarterback and he should um, accentuate what Dalvin Cook can do. What what happened to that running game? Would you guys have 61 yards rushing at home? At home, I know. I know, I know, and that's frustrating because the Giants were the thirty-first ranked running, you know, run right. defense per play on a per play basis. So, um, it, yeah, that's you know, Tom, you you bring up a great point. It's just it just went away, and and I think that's something that this team struggled with all year um, is just the identity of the running game, right? The identity of the running game. What what run what run plays do we do well? Um, what do we you know? What is it that uh, we want to do? And yeah, it was toward really toward the end of the third quarter, going into the third quarter, just it just went away, and we've seen that kind of we've seen that happen before with uh, with Dalvin. It's just it, it, we'll we'll run the ball in the beginning, and then toward the end of the game, we just kind of get away from it. Now sometimes it's because well, we're behind, obviously, but um, no, he's one of the most dynamic running backs in the league, and he's a great athlete. You need and you need to get him the football, and we just didn't get it to him enough. I mean, we had T.J. Hawkinson have another 100-yard game, which is great, but at the same time, it, when the running game is going, then the play action is going, and it also slows down those defensive linemen up front, so Cousins can get more time in the pocket because when he has time, he's deadly. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's just the, they all kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, a year ago. Dalvin was one third of this offense, but by the end of the season, we saw him kind of, you know, slow down a little bit, wear down a little bit. But um, you know, this year, just, just he was always kind of, 
it never really fit. You know what I mean, Tom? It just didn't, it just didn't fit. There's just not a, a, a symmetry there. They weren't hand in gloves. So hopefully, hopefully that's something that you know this offseason they could work on and, and, and get figured out. You know, you say T.J. Hawkinson, ten catches, 129 yards. But Justin Jefferson, seven catches for only 47 yards. So to me, if I'm a team playing the Minnesota Vikings, I'm okay with Hawkinson getting those types of yards, but I'm even more happy about Jefferson not being included. Kind of like your two most dynamic playmakers of Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, they weren't either fed the ball enough or put in a position to make big plays. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the the list, right? Whenever you play an offense like this, you – you write down who's the first person you want to stop, Justin Jefferson, who's number two, Dalvin, and then you're like, yeah, so if they beat us with T.J. Hawkinson and K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen, then they deserve to win, right? It's exactly right. Um, we got the ball to J.J. early. They were playing. They played a lot of off coverage on first and second down, so we were getting the short passing game. And, and um, you know, third downs, they were, they were going to the man-to-man and rolling up and doing some different things. And it's just – Cousins just doesn't – he doesn't – didn't want to throw him any – he didn't look at the 50-50 balls. You know what I'm saying? Off the top of my head, exactly what they did to, you know, slow down J.J., I don't know. Um, but we just didn't have – we didn't really have any shots deep. And, you know, on third down, they'd go man-to-man, and that means, that, would, that means the ball would go to T.J. It would go somewhere else uh, because they had a man-and-a-half over J.J. And, you know, sometimes, especially the last play of the game, you know, sometimes you just have to – you just kind of throw that thing up there, you know, and Cousins doesn't like to do that. But um, it was just – yeah, it's just disappointing to see. The Giants did a good job. They're a very well-coached team. Dable is very, very good. Um, you know, uh, Wink Martindale is a very good defensive coordinator. So um, I was impressed with, with their game plan. Our defense looked like they were seeing things again for the first time, even though we just played them a couple weeks ago. I think that, and again, that that's probably the most disappointing part of the whole thing. Stepping away was just they were doing not necessarily the same plays, Tom, but there's the same things. You know, tack in the middle of the field, um, you know, free releasing the running back, and and just no one's there to make a tackle once he makes the catch. And um, yeah, it was just kind of a just an extension of the toward the end of that first football game and um yeah just to, to do that at home is disappointing to have the season that we had though is fantastic i mean we're overall very very happy with the way we exceeded expectations going into it to put it that way uh, but it looked like we used all of our fairy dust early in the season and just didn't have much left by the end of the year Pete Bursich is with us. He's the Minnesota Vikings radio analyst here on the score. Zach Zabin and Tom Thayer filling in for Molly and Haw this morning. Yeah, 11-0 and in one-score games, and the first loss this season in a one-score game comes in yesterday's ballgame. You kind of mentioned it. You glossed over it a little bit, but I'm interested in your take, Pete, and, and Tom's as well. Why wouldn't Kirk Cousins uh, on that, that final down throw the ball at least nine yards. Well, he, yeah, it, we had what you had. You had two outside routes that were going deep, and then you had KJ Osborne across the you know middle of the field. The problem was Dexter Lawrence was absolutely just getting ready to to, to blow up, you know, to blow up Cousins. Now Dexter Lawrence is about six five, and he's about a diet coke from three sixty. Right, he's a big dude. I mean, and he just couldn't see the middle of the field. 
Um, and doesn't he doesn't do well? We saw John. You know, we saw what Jones do. We, you, know, you guys saw it all all year with Fields. It's just the ability of a quarterback to step up and extend the play, and he doesn't really do that very well. Um, and so he felt like he was going to get sacked, so he started to move forward and just threw it to, you know, threw it to Hawkinson, who again man to man. So there wasn't any room for him in zone like he has, like he did a few times to catch the ball and run. And he felt it was better than taking the sack. So, yeah, I mean that last play is is um, it's it's unbelievably frustrating. But when you just take a step back and look at the game in the big picture, yeah, that that play is absolutely frustrating. Maybe some of the the clock management and timeouts before the end of the first half, but to put that game at all on our offense um, is is looking in the wrong place. I mean, our defense. The defense let us down, and again, it was all it was all the same things. But to give up 266 yards to the New York Giants in the first half, we gave up a lot of yards all year, um, and we kind of lived on sacks leading to turnovers. And we had a couple extra possessions that usually won us the game. We had two. We had a we had a fumble recovery, an interception, and a block punt in the first game to beat them, and that was only that was a last second field goal. Um, we didn't get any of those turnovers yesterday, and we didn't get any of those added possessions. And so we came up, obviously, you know, one possession short. So, yeah, just a just a frustrating, frustrating season or end of a season that went pretty well. All right, Pete, let's talk about Kevin Warren a little bit, the new president of the Chicago Bears, and you have some experience with him in your background with the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears have the first pick in the draft. Does Kevin Warren get involved in the conversation of the first pick in the draft, or does he have so many other details that he must pay attention to that he has to pay attention to them and then give Ryan Poles uh, the respect he deserves as the, as the general manager? Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't know the details of how they're going to set that up, but with when it came to things around here. Um, the football side of things was, was the coaches, was the GM. They're the ones that made the decisions. Um, I don't recall him being active in those things. Maybe did those, those decisions have to be run through him that I don't, you know, I don't know that either. Um, but he's, he's on the business side of things, right? He's, he's taking care of the business and the corporation itself. And, um, you know, he did, and the, the 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 results up here speak for themselves. I and mean, when we got a stadium built in a town that really did not want to give tax breaks to billionaires and all that thing, you know, all those things that you hear. Um, but Kevin, whatever the Bears want to do from a corporate standpoint, what it is that they want to get done, Kevin will get it done. That's the kind of guy he is. He gets. He, he's a can do. He just gets it done. So um, for the Bears they have to be excited to have a guy like him there because the business plan, where they see this franchise in five years, um, 10 years, that's what Kevin is going to get done for them on the football side. Let, you know, let the coaches coach do their things. And I think Kevin's going to make sure overall that the entire organization's operating on the same page, that they're all, looking to get the same things done and um yeah i mean as like i said you guys you guys for the bears themselves whether or not arlington's in the plan whether you know whatever that plan is um it it's going to get done <laughs> kevin's going to come in and you'll see he'll he'll start making things move 
And um, it's going to be pretty exciting for you guys to see what the next five years brings for that organization. It is an interesting time to be a Bears fan because you've got all this stuff happening from the business standpoint and then from a football standpoint, yeah, the Bears are coming off an awful 3-14 and 14 season, but the building blocks are there. The, the tools necessary to get yourself out of it are there. They've got the number one overall pick. They've got a lot of cap space. And they've got this city. You know how they've fallen in love with Justin Fields. Give me your assessment because you've seen him now from a different viewpoint over the last couple of years. Give me your assessment of what you think of Justin Fields. You know, I think one of the things I liked most about Justin this year is I think he took on a, more of a leadership role, right? And he, he, he's taken on that. And um, in that respect, I think that's a good move for him. I mean, just to, just to see him develop that way. Um, he's still, he still, he, 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 you got to get him, you got to get him some, some more time up front. And that just doesn't mean five new offensive linemen. That just means schematically um, get him the time to sit in the pocket and he's got to throw the football. There's, there's every game that I've seen of his, there's, there's opportunities. Once, once he starts to run, right. Once he gets, once he gets flushed a few times and pulls the thing down and has some success running, he doesn't necessarily sit in the pocket long enough to let plays develop, right. He doesn't really always throw guys open and, you know, you kind of want to look at him and say, listen, I don't care if you throw two or three interceptions a game, but we've got to develop and get this passing game to the point where you become a passing quarterback. Because if he wants to continue to run all, you know, as much as he does, he's going to put himself at risk of missing a handful of games a season just due to injury. He's just running, just, he's doing too much in that respect. He's got to learn and be good with sitting in the pocket, throwing some incompletions, Hey, sometimes you throw the ball away. Sometimes you have to do that. You can't make uh, you know, a twenty yard run out of every single drop back. Sometimes it's just not there and you gotta get rid of it. So a little bit more discretion, I think, in in that respect, and really try to become a passing quarterback scramble to continue to look downfield because once that stuff starts to happen, you change the way guys rush, right? But you need to be still be able to throw the ball even though you pulled it down and started to move around and you're still looking down the field. And um, if, if he can get to that point, um, that way he can save himself, right? You just can't, I just don't see, you, you've seen it before, right? You, with, with a different, with a different court, Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, he just, he did so much for Baltimore this year. And then by the end of the season, he's just too beat up. You just couldn't, just can't continue that pace. So, um, you know, for me, I like to see him keep doing kind of what he's doing, but really, <laughs> but for you guys, I want to see, you know, you want to see him scramble a little bit more, keep plays alive and uh, continue to, you know, throw the football down the field, you know, get him maybe some more help in the receiver and the receiver. You guys have a lot, a lot of building around him to do, but like you said, the foundation's in place. Um, you need some big guys up front. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys had the opportunity to do those things and to add some pieces. So this offseason is going to be, I think, pretty exciting for the Bears, right? You know, first number one overall pick, wouldn't want to wouldn't want to do it. You know, you wouldn't want to have that, so to speak. I don't know if there's a clear number one coming out of the college draft this year, but um, whatever you do, um, that player is going to have a lot of pressure on him and a lot of eyes on him. So. You know, you know, Pete, watching Dexter Lawrence play the other day, he did a nice job. And what, oh. you know, your expertise is in the linebacker position where you played your whole career. And you think of the Bears having the number one pick in the draft. And the only thing you talk about with that pick is quarterbacks. Do you think there's a defensive position out there that has the value 
that you could go out there and change your defense with the number one pick in the draft? Or is it don't think about defense, think about trading it or some type of more explosive offensive player? Well, yeah, you you can. It is because that position and that, that, that spot is so quarterback heavy. Yeah, you might get somebody to give you more. You know, you need bodies, right? So you may – you may find someone who wants a quarterback or needs a quarterback so badly they're willing to to trade down or you know to give you more of what you need. So if you can get just more picks at that spot, um, that might be that would be a good move. You know, you look at what Sauce Gardner did uh, for the New York Giant right. or for the New York Jets. Excuse me, um, a, a guy like Dexter Lawrence. It's a little bit more risky. Um, we've seen, I think, more people, more busts, more guys that just didn't quite make it when you when you're talking about a number one overall interior defensive lineman um defensive ends i don't know if there's anybody there that's a clear you know absolute physical freak because that's what you're going to get at that number one pick if you don't go quarterback you're going to get somebody who's just a freak physically um at defensive end i don't you know i don't know i have to you know look again but i would say offensive tackle for sure if you can get yourself a, a bookend or a guy that's going to be there and play well for 10 years that really that really solidifies or starts to solidify that offensive line you know protect the blind side you know that stereotype the whole thing um but you kind of have to draft it, it's the edges of an offense and the edges of a defense right defensively you got to have great corners and great defensive ends so if maybe find one of those guys and then offensively, you got to have that. You got, you know, Riley Reef. I love Riley Reef. He's a great guy. Um, he's a little long in the tooth, but you, you, so you need to find that tackle, right? That that guy that's going to be healthy, going to play, and not have to worry about that position for the next at least five years because you got him on a contract for five years. I mean, that's that I think is a worthwhile number one. It may not be glamorous, right? It may not be sexy. Uh, you know, you're not you, you're not going to get a four three type wide receiver. It, it, it's not it's it may not be as exciting as you want, right? But at the same time, I think as a move for the for the team and something to build on, um, that those are the positions that um, you know. And again, this is not knowing anything coming out of the draft. I'm not a draft guy yet. I haven't even looked at it. But um, overall, those are the positions I think that you may want to consider. Pete, great stuff. Refresh my memory again. Did did Providence Catholic beat Joliet Catholic? Am I? I, I don't remember what transpired. Well, well, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, because I mean, it, it, that's just how it's just how it goes, right? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't remember the last time we didn't. You know, we may have to go back thirty or forty years. Sorry, Tom. I just, I just don't recall. Well, a you loss better capitalize on your one victory right now, Pete. <laughs> this is the first and last chance you get on Chicagoland Radio to talk about Providence uh-huh. Celtics beating the Joliet Catholic. Oh Calzones. man, yeah. I'm. You know, they had. A, they did have a great year this yeah, year, and uh, you know, for uh, Tyler, he did such a great job as, as the coach there. Um, so yeah, I'm proud of them. Doug Turnick, my old buddy's uh, athletic director. So they're they're turning things. Look out! We're gonna, you know, we're turning things around down there, right? I, I played with Tyler's dad at Notre Dame, so I kind of oh, you did. I subconsciously pulled for the Platts family and uh, yeah. and you know, wish the best for them. What did you do? Beat the hell out of him or something when he was there? No, I mean, he was he was an off- he was an offensive lineman like I was. So oh, you boy. know, we are standing in the same line together. 
I was going to say, I mean, you know, what you do, piss them off, and then you have the rest of the family just have a, you know what I mean, enacting their revenge upon Tom Thayer and the Catholic High, you know, Jelly Catholic Hilltoppers. I, I think yeah, what a great, like what a block, what a, a block punt and a block field goal or something in that yeah. game helped you. Yeah. What a great, what a great rivalry, it. man. Yes, it you is. Know what I mean? Oh, yeah, don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, great not... stuff. <laughs> All right. Pete, thank don't you panic. so much. Panic. Don't panic, yeah. Tom. Don't panic. Oh, no. Just, just hang in there, right? <laughs> we, run, we run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you, Pete. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Pete. And, uh, here we go. Yep. Take care. Pete Bursich, right, who is the uh, Minnesota Vikings radio analyst.